Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening in with us today on our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. Our podcasts are brought to you by the Military Child Education Coalition, whose work is focused on ensuring quality educational opportunities for all military-connected children affected by mobility, family separation, deployments, and transition. Here at the MSEC, we want to ensure that every military child is college, workforce, and life ready. In our podcast, we will share your stories as we talk to military service members, professionals, parents, and military kids. Please like, share, and subscribe. And we appreciate your comments, questions, and ideas for topics that you would like to hear more about. All of us here at the For the Sake of the Child podcast would like to thank Officer Spouses Club for sponsoring today's podcast. We appreciate your generous support that allows us to not only share information and resources in this podcast, but also build connection through shared stories and experiences, providing military families and professionals tools to provide a convoy of support to military-connected children. Thank you for making a difference in the lives of military children. Welcome to our podcast for the sake of the child. My name's Tara Gleason. I'm the podcast producer, and I will also be your host today. Joining me is Jenny Aiken, and she is the Applied Research Analysis for Blue Star Families. And today she's going to talk about the annual Military Family Lifestyle Survey. Thank you for joining us, Jenny. Thanks, Tara. I'm excited to be here. Well, we'd like you to start by first telling us a little bit about you and your background, and then if you could tell our listeners a little bit of the history of Blue Star Families and its mission. Sure. Um, As you mentioned, I am an applied research analyst here at Blue Star Families. I'm an Army spouse, sister, and daughter, so I bring a little bit of a um, 360 approach to this work, which is fun. Um, I'm also a working mom, so I think that gives me a little bit of insight into um, a lot of our population, either what they would like to be or what they're currently trying to balance. Um, I have a background in national security issues, some civil military relations, some public administration, and I feel extraordinarily lucky to have found a position in an organization um, that draws on and values both my professional and personal experience. I'm just really grateful to be here. Um, Blue Star Families itself was founded in 2009 by military spouses. Uh, We empower military families to thrive by connecting them with their civilian neighbors, both people and organizations, to create really strong communities of support. Um, Of course, we know that those connections are really reliant upon civilians' collective ability to understand some of the unique demands of this military lifestyle. So we do that by collecting data and stories and translating that um, for our civilian population. Um, We collect this data primarily through that annual annual military family lifestyle survey. Uh, The first survey was fielded in 2009. It had over 2,700 respondents, which was great um, at that time. And today our response rate has grown to more than 10,000 respondents. Um, That military family lifestyle survey analyzes trends related to major shifts in military life issues and helps local and national government leaders better understand the realities of military, veteran, National Guard, and reserve families. So what are some of the key findings of the 2018 military family lifestyle survey? So we saw again this year that quality of life issues continue to be top concerns among both service members and spouses. 
Um, for the second year in a row, amount of time away from family was the top-ranked issue of concern among active duty service members and their spouses. And we actually saw an uptick in the percentage of military families that indicated this was the case. It was up to over 50% this year. Um, time away, of course, we all know, is more than just deployment. It's also, you know, those overnight training exercises, which can be local or non-local, um, professional development courses, other work travel, long work days. All of this really compounds um, so that we see that over half, actually 69% of military family respondents indicated that the current operational tempo exerts an unacceptable level of stress for a healthy work-life balance. So we really see quality of life is, a, is of increasing concern. Um, and of course, our families have great recommendations for how we can help improve their quality of life. Um, and we're seeing some of those come out through the news now. In our survey, we heard that the top recommendation was to offer better housing and or increase their base allowance for housing. Um, and right there holding tide with that was uh, maintaining adequate manning levels and reducing a high operational tempo. Um, right behind those two were allowing more control over your active duty career. So we can really see families trying to uh, tell those above them what they need in order to thrive in their life and to be great employees and great spouses and great families. I'm glad to hear you share how that information is being used and how it does bring to light some of the issues that families are facing because I think it's important for parents to know and for service member families to know that when they see that survey, that it does, that data goes places and it, and it creates results and awareness for things that people may not otherwise know. So I'm glad to hear you share on that. We know that military child education was also among some of the top concerns. Can you expand on your findings along with any other themes that you found? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the really interesting things that we've noticed with military child education is that over the past few years, the percentage of military family respondents who are indicating that their child's education is a top concern is rising. Um, it entered the top five issues for the last or for the first time in 2017 and was the third top overall issue this year. So I love to see families really stepping up um, and saying this is important to us. Um, we've also noticed some shifts in school enrollment trends over the past few years. Uh, we don't know exactly what's driving those shifts, um, but there are two examples um, that really caught my eye this year. And one was that homeschool enrollment rose to 12% in 2018, which is just really fascinating. And private school enrollment is falling. Um, it's down to 8% in 2018. We were also able to validate that military families who rate their school support for military life issues as excellent are significantly more connected in their communities than those who rank it as fair. Um, this is really important because it demonstrates that schools are a critical junction in communities. And schools that support military families have benefits that extend far beyond the classroom. Um, this may be related to why parents are ranking um, military child education as an increasing issue of concern because they recognize that schools, when they're good, have a lot of other benefits for their family. And if they don't feel comfortable in their school, it can make um, what can already be a difficult situation harder. Um, and of course, our families always have recommendations uh, to help schools get to an excellent level. 
their top recommendation this year uh, was to improve training for teachers and administrators with regard to military life, which we like to see because we know that aligns so nicely with MSEC's mission as well. We have a whole department of that trains professional development department that trains teachers, school administrators, and policymakers and help them be better informed about military child issues. So, And they actually, you brought up National Guard and Reserve, they're actually developing a whole new curriculum for National Guard and Reserve population. So that's really exciting and some exciting things we have coming up. Now let's talk about the upcoming 2019 survey. What are some potential areas that are going to be explored on that upcoming survey? Well, picking up on your renewed emphasis on the Guard and Reserve, um, I think that's great. We are um, also going to be looking a little bit more closely at some of those populations ourselves. Um, I think there's a lot there that sometimes goes a little bit unrecognized. So uh, we are really excited about digging in more closely with our Guard and Reserve population this year, in addition to our active duty and veteran population. So that's great that you guys are doing that. And hopefully, what we find can support that mission as well. Um, we are going to be fielding our annual Military Family Lifestyle Survey from May 6th through June 14th. Um, so if you're interested, please be interested. Um, visit bluestarfam.org survey um, for more information. And that is open to military families, veteran families, National Guard, and Reserve families. In addition to Further exploring military family stability and financial security, we also hope to take a hard look at communities' capacities to support military families in the 2019 survey. Um, and based on our 2018 findings on the importance of schools, we also really want to understand specific school qualities that can be linked to better outcomes for military children and families. Um, at the end of the day, we know that schools are a critical junction in every community and that schools that support military families are really just critical to readiness. So you mentioned communities. Can you share a little bit about the role of Blue Star Families local chapters and how they can connect families, military families, to their local communities? Yeah, absolutely. So first and foremost, Blue Star Families actually has a national footprint and a virtual presence. So your listeners can engage with our programs from almost anywhere, which is just really cool. Um, you can visit bluestarfam.org and sign up to be a member. Memberships open to military and civilian neighbors. Again, we're focused on connecting in communities, helping navigate and translate that uh, civil-military gap. Um, and then during that registration process, you'll be able to tell us which of the things I'm about to talk about are most interesting to you so that you aren't completely bombarded by email. Um, we have more than 30 Blue Star neighborhoods nationwide, and we're in the process of launching 10 funded chapters this year. Uh, those chapters um, are going to have a Blue Star staff on site. They're going to have a chapter director and a careers manager and lots of volunteer opportunities there as well. Um, outside of those 10 funded chapters, again, we have the Blue Star neighborhoods, but we also have additional national programs and resources that have virtual and in-person components. Um, the neighborhoods are, of course, places we have a footprint, but it may be primarily volunteer-driven. Uh, we offer a lot in Blue Star Careers. Um, I'd like to highlight two initiatives. Both of them have a virtual component. One is Networks Live. There are events and webinars that provide important career and lifestyle opportunities, offer personal and professional development, broaden military spouse's exposure in the job marketplace, and then Spouse Source 
which is a really cool career matching tool that helps uh, employers meet you where you are, help you get to where you want to be. You go in, you say, this is who I am. These are the skills I bring to the table. These are the employment conditions in which I will thrive as both a military spouse and an employee. Um, the last metrics I saw on that was that we had uh, placed over 350 spouses through our program, and they have a total income of over $27 million that they're now bringing into their families, which is just awesome. And then, um, of course, there'll be a career manager at each of those 10 funded chapter locations that'll be working with uh, military families there in, in the communities themselves. Um, as we're looking towards the summer, there are a whole bunch of national programs um, that'll be implemented in the neighborhoods and the chapters. Um, and nationwide, depending on the program, where your listeners can go and meet people and volunteer and get engaged. So we are rolling out our Blue Star Summer programming, which is good for making memories and strengthening families um, and a great change of pace for families who are PCSing or have a family member deployed. Those include Blue Star Parks. Um, so we are launching a park passport app to help military families find the closest parks and collect virtual passport stamps. We promote the um, National Park Service program that grants military families free access to national parks year-round. Um, we also work with two, over 2,000 museums across the country to offer active duty National Guard and Reserve families free entrance through our Blue Star Museums program, and that will be kicking off May 18th, which is Armed Forces Day and running through Labor Day. Um, and then we have bingo. So every summer we publish a bingo card full of family-centered things to do. Um, many of them are in your communities, and we award prizes. Um, so those bingo cards will be available online by the end of May, um, and they can include everything from reading a book, going to a park, visiting a museum, volunteering, um, kind of anything you're looking for. And then volunteering, when you join Blue Star Families, you can let us know if you're interested in that. Um, it can really be as easy as saying thank you, thanks to a museum coming. Uh, we've got some volunteers who are going to be in Starbucks on Military Spouse Appreciation Day, treating spouses to a cup of coffee. Our volunteers are civilians and military, so you can engage in that way too. Um, you can also have a deeper level of engagement if you're interested in leading a coffee chat or organizing an event or leading a book club discussion. Lots and lots of opportunities. We had over 15,000, um, actually nearly 15,000 volunteer hours last year, which when I saw that, my jaw just hit the floor. It's a really inspiring figure. So we've got so much going on. There really is a place for everybody. And we encourage both military and civilian to come out, civilians to come out um, and join us. We know that developing um, a sense of belonging really does require a sense of membership in your community. And part of that is being welcomed by your community. But the other piece of that is feeling a, respond a sense of responsibility for contributing to it and engaging with it in some way. So we're there to try and help facilitate those connections and, and provide the place where you can develop those deeper relationships and assimilate more quickly into your community. Well, we know that military families have kind of that culture of volunteerism, and it sounds like Blue Star Families has so many opportunities for anyone 
and various interests to volunteer. So that sounds amazing. And I will tell you that my family personally has used Blue Star Museums. We often drive across country to visit extended family members, which is pretty consistent Mm -hmm. amongst military families. And I actually map our route based on Blue Star Family Museums um, that we can stop off along the way with the kids. And so instead of being in the car for all day, we'll stop off at one museum. We've been to a really cool working museum, or it was like a working farm in Pennsylvania. We've been to Interactive Science Museum in Ohio. Like um, We've been to several different ones in Illinois, because we have family in Illinois, one in Missouri, which was the magic house. There's just, there's so many wonderful Mm -hmm. opportunities. We definitely highlight that every year in our summer slide workshops and parent to parent. I work in the parent to parent program and we do webinars and and also in-person trainings and we bring up Blue Star Mm -hmm. Families Museums every year. So on that, do you know when the list is going to release? It's usually around this time Um, of year as well. It should be coming out here in the next few weeks. I think they try to have it out um, at least a few days prior to when it launches, and it launches May 18th. So I suspect that list will be coming out fairly soon. Um, And I love to hear those stories because prior to coming to Blue Star Families, I just had no idea how um, large of an organization this was. Um, And it's been great. And one of the – we PCS'd this past uh, fall – and one of the things I missed the most was my book club, of all things, from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And I recently discovered that we have an online book club here at Blue Star Family. <laughs> and, of course, there are, you know, in-person book clubs as well. But it's funny when you move the things that you miss and then being able to find a replacement that can move with you and know that you'll have um, friends and people to engage with and sustain some of those relationships is just It's been invaluable for me personally. And I shared with you offline when we first talked that when I first learned of Blue Star Families, I related it to books. Like I had done some parent workshops or um, we also do seminars. And there were times that Blue Star Families was, they were before or after us. And I thought it was the organization that gave away free books. So when I started like you diving deeper into what Blue Star Families does, I was like, oh, they do more than just give away books. It was it was kind of funny. Oh, yeah. Yep. And we do, we do still do that. I mean, we definitely have a whole lot of other resources and programs that I didn't even mention today. Those are just sort of the ones that are coming up most quickly and have that, um, especially that civil-military interaction, which is really what, what we're really trying to focus on is is that relationship and setting the conditions where we can all build those relationships together. And I will, I'm going to put the link to the survey and to the the organization website in our show notes. So any listeners, if you want to know more about Blue Star Families, you can scroll down on the show notes and you'll be able to click right there in order to access all those show notes. Thank you so much for talking with us today, Jenny. I'm so grateful for the opportunity. And again, I'm a researcher, so I know I come at this from a bit of an analytical perspective, but it has been so empowering to see that all of that data, all of those voices that we get in every year um, really are published and pushed out in a way that they are creating change um, in, in very tangible ways. 
Um, it's personally fulfilling, although it can be really difficult to go through and read a lot of the qualitative responses. Your heart just goes out and you need to keep a box of tissues nearby sometimes. But elevating those voices is ultimately going to be what makes all of our lives a little bit better. So I'm honored to be part of the process, grateful for the opportunity to talk to you and your listeners today. Um, but we really need them to turn out and help us help us help them. Uh, for the survey. So again, that survey will be fielded from May 6th through um, through June 18th. And uh, if you have any questions, you can send an email also to survey at bluestarfam.org. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you to all our listeners. Please like, share, and subscribe. And we also ask that you follow and leave us comments. Join us again next time as we share more stories that impact military-connected families. This podcast has been made possible by the generous support from Offit Officer Spouses Club. I want to thank you again for listening to our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. We would like to invite you to visit our website at www.militarychild.org. Like the MSEC on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Please join us again next time as we share more stories that impact our military-connected kids.